My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back for part two of John oh, List. Yes. I can't wait to hear what this happens. This is the best part of this whole story. Well, morbid, most morbid. Oh, well, this is when it gets like, he's going to snap. Oh, yeah. Oh. He snapped. Yep. I'm excited. Well, I'm Me not too. excited, but. You're excited to I'm, hear I'm what's going to happen. It's been a whole week and oh I've gosh. been like dying to hear what happens. Edge of your seat. I know I have been. I bet you guys have been too, huh, yes. listeners? Yes. All right. So before we dive into John List, we do have another chevron pattern that we're going to talk about. The chevron is a basic pattern, but we have a, a little twist to it today. As we're we, sticking to our 70s themes. We are sticking to our 70s themes. We like themes. Yes. Fun. No, it, it, it ties everything together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ties it all together. We're such moms. Just like the rug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so Nicole, what has you in stitches this oh, week? Oh, I have a really fun, quick story. I've okay. been dying to hear this. I'm so excited. I was telling her that I, I have, it was quick, it's funny, but it's horrifying at the same time. Okay, and I'm sure it's <laughs> happened to everybody at some point. I'm at the gas station. Oh, okay. Gas Another station. gas station story. <laughs> Everything happens terribly to me <laughs> at a gas station. You need to stay away from those gas stations. I don't know. Well, I got to get the expensive gas, right? Okay. So I'm pumping gas. Everything's working out fine, right? And I finish up. I get in my car and I am going to Trader Joe's for groceries. Nice. But at the gas station, something happened that I didn't realize. So I'm sitting in my car trying to answer some emails right before I go into Trader Joe's. And my hair is moving. Your hair is moving. My hair is moving. I think it's the air. I think okay. it's the AC blowing my hair. Gotcha. I was like, but it's tickling. Oh, no. I was like, why is my hair moving and tickling? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm trying to answer these emails. And I put my hand into my hair. Oh, no. And a big flying beetle <gasps> comes out of my hair. <laughs> I feel it. I feel I feel the legs. And it scares the crap out of oh, me. No. And it flies out. And it's like, I'm panicking. I'm oh in panic gosh, mode because yes. it's in my face yes. now. Oh, it's and flying. It's flying in my car. Oh and, my I, gosh. and I don't know what to do. And I like, it, I'm in a, my car locks after I drive, right? Right. So I'm like, can't open the door. <laughs> and I'm freaking You're stuck out. inside. And You're I'm, locked in. Yes. You don't know. And you don't know how doors work. I do. No, my brain is you. not working at this point and it's flying in my face oh, and no. the car is still on and I finally open the door and I run out and I'm laughing because people are probably staring at me because <laughs> I'm in my car <laughs> like is this crazy yes. lady like flipping around in her car oh for? my god yeah, have you ever seen Tommy boy yes in the episode where he pretends there's bees in the yes. car that's how I felt oh no like getting out of my car um and I finally get out of the car and the beetle lands on my dash Oh, like, oh, he's mocking you. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like freaking out. So I finally get my thoughts together. I go around to the passenger side and I have like, thankfully, I usually throw all my trash away. Thankfully, I have a little paper bag there. Oh, good. So I'm struggling. I'm on the other side of my car and the dash and he's crawling slowly up my car passenger side uh-huh and i'm trying to get this paper bag around it and i'm freaking out that it's gonna fly you didn't, at like me. smash it no i'm not gonna kill the bug i'm so i'm i'm, I'm all peace for everything Aww. i didn't want to kill this nice flying pretty beetle right? that, that was in your hair that was in my freaking hair <laughs> that i didn't even notice at the gas station no so i but i saw it flying at the gas station 
Oh, okay. So I knew it was flying around. He's trying to hitch a ride. Yeah, in my hair, which I'm not cool with. No. So I finally get, I, I get the beetle in the bag, and I, as soon as I get it out of the car, thankfully, he gets it, everything's cool, he flies away, or she. And thank God, but <laughs> I, I love that you're giving it pronouns. <laughs> it, she, they. Yes. No. Um, so I just, that was like, I, I couldn't believe that happened to me. Oh, that's awesome. And because uh, those big beetles are pretty. Yeah. Right? But they're freaking scary when they fly at you in your face. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like big animals. Uh, when I uh, was in Belize, so mm-hmm. I got married in Belize. And that's I, right. my husband also proposed to me in Belize. So Aww. he proposed. And then a year later, we went back and got married. That and is took our family. sweetest. So it was amazing. Oh. But, oh, amazing. Take amazing. A so when we were in Belize, I think the first time we went on a snorkel tour and then he proposed to me at the Aww. end of the snorkel tour, which was awesome. Oh, but I don't like big fish. Oh, OK. I think fish should not be bigger than you. Yes. <laughs> there are so many fish and that they're are bigger really than you. big. Yes. So we were snorkeling and there were definitely some fish in the water that were bigger than me. That freak you out. And yes. And I'm not talking shark. Sharks, whales, but dolphin. Like I understand. They're all like their porpoises, right? The big, the big, big fish. No, I'm talking like a giant bass. Oh, oh, got it. Yeah. Yes. Like, and, and then there's catfish. That's that right. Can be, there weren't catfish in the ocean, but like, you yes. know, just Fish. Giant, giant fish. Fish okay. that are giant, 300, 300 pound plus fish. They're creepy. They should not be that big. It is too scary. I'm like, you need to be the size of a dinner pan and then that's it. <laughs> You're good because you can cook it. Yes. Oh don't be gosh. bigger than a dinner pan. You can't it put just, it in your oven. That is one of the things that weirds me out. I don't want to be swimming around giant fish. Okay. So giant <laughs> bugs and giant fish. Yes. They're creepy, aren't yes, they? Yes. The things that should be small, small mm-hmm. when they're big, they're creepy. They're a little bit monstrous. So when you were telling me your beetle story, which is absolutely terrifying, right. it reminded me of a similar situation that had happened to me okay. way back in my younger days. I used to work for a famous rock star. Oh, I'm not hey. going to say the name, but I was his dog walker. That is so cool. It, it was so much fun. It was a crazy time in my life, and it was a lot of fun to, to be there and to take care of his animals. How many dogs did he have? Uh, a lot. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I you won't go into it. Yeah. Okay. Lots that's of fine. dogs. So if you think of a rock star that has lots of dogs, you I really might don't. be in the neighborhood of, of who, okay. who this person was. Anyway, wonderful family. I loved them all. Mm-hmm. They were fantastic. And that is the God's honest truth. I loved them. Aww. They are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. That's awesome. Amazing people. Amazing. Amazing. So anyway, my last day on the job, mm-hmm. I was picking up toys in the laundry room mm-hmm. for the, the dogs would sometimes hang out in the laundry room. Um, that's where they would sleep at night. And it, it was a huge room. So don't think of it as being a laundry room. It was a huge room. It was like a bonus room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happened to have laundry facilities in there. So I was cleaning up in there. And something was, you know, crawling around on the floor. And it was this big spider. Oh, gosh. And so I tried to stomp on it. And then it disappeared. You tried to kill the spider? I tried to kill the spider. Okay. And it just, like, it jumped and it disappeared. Jumping spiders like, are oh, like my fear. Oh, my gosh. So if you can jump on me, that's not right. Cool. And so I was like, oh, OK, it went away. No, I can't see the spider anymore. So I'm not going to worry about it. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to go about cleaning up the rest of my stuff. It's gone. And then I felt something <gasps> crawl no! on my cheek. No, creepy. <laughs> so I smacked the crap out of my face ew, to, get, <laughs> no. to get it off my face. Uh-huh. I was just trying to get it off. I was a little overzealous with my smack. Yes. Knocked it off my face. And then it was on the ground and it was laying on its back with its feet 
up in the air. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I killed it in the process because I definitely smacked really hard. Like my face. face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I left a mark. Yes. And so I went down with a paper towel to pick it up, mm-hmm. and it jumped at me. No! And it jumped on my face again, so I smacked my face again. It tried again. to jump at your face? <laughs> yes. What the heck? I know. And so I was like, okay, I'm glad this is my last day, and I don't have to deal oh with the jumping spider. Gosh. But, oh, my gosh. It was crazy. I can imagine. Jumping spider. Yeah, I don't. I think I'd, I'd deal with the beetle more than the jumping spider at my face. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm so sorry spider. you had to go through that. That's okay. But, but it's similar story. Yes. And it was like, See? you know, 20 years ago so it's fine i'm sure everybody has like some crazy insect story um, oh man bugs are the worst i like watching those on instagram <laughs> i'm terrible I, I i get a kick out of watching those i'll have to show you some schadenfreude have you heard that term no. schadenfreude what's that so it's taking pleasure in somebody else's oh, pain so yeah if you like watching people go through misery yep schadenfreude i think most people do when they're down they need to have that like okay they're having a worse day than i am <laughs> yeah so that helps like, my day isn't as bad as this. yes yes but yeah I love it. at least i got the beetle out of my car Oh, good. Thank God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, that's enough bug talk. Yeah, we don't need any more. Are we ready to talk about crochet? Yes, let's get stitching. Let's get stitching. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So, oh, Nicole's I'm ready for this. She's ready. So, this chevron pattern so is taken from the same book that I used last time. Let me grab it. Real quick. It's that Evelyn, Evelyn book, right? <laughs> yes, Evelyn. That's Evelyn. what we decided. I kept saying Eveline. It's <laughs> Evelyn. 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 I'm Evelyn, pretty probably. sure it's Evelyn. Okay. So, Nellie Bross and Evelyn Hetty Burkhart. Burkhart. Sorry have the new crochet stitch dictionary. And so I took this pattern also from that. They have a million, not a million, that's an exaggeration, mm-hmm. but they have a lot. a lot of different chevron and ripple patterns. Yay. So last week we did a nice gentle chevron pattern. It's got like a really nice kind of wave. It's in between a ripple and, and a true chevron. Mm-hmm. And the way to make a chevron more spiky is to add more stitches in the decrease and more stitches in the increase. It makes a really nice spiked pattern that way so this one's going to be a little bit more severe a like little a bit more little spiky more mountaintop peak as our story gets a little bit more intense oh, we're making the chevron more good intense job yeah, yeah, that is that good okay so this one is called up and down the stairs oh, cute isn't it cute i like that so we're going to add kind of like a little trellis pattern in between the true chevron stitch so i have nicole set up here and That's so cool and i'm going to let her stitch when we get into the okay. to the setup so the pattern repeat is 16 stitches so you're going to do multiples of 16. 16. yes so you're gonna i think i did what is 16 times three Math. I got it. <laughs> nice. Get You're it, so Mom. fast with the math. My brain's working today. Okay, so I did 48 plus 4. Oh, do you always add 4? We add 4 to this one. Okay. Just just for this chain. Got so it. 48. No, I'm sorry. 48 plus 3. 3. <sighs> math. Math. Okay. 48 plus 3. You <laughs> can do math. I know. My husband, who is an accountant, by the way, who this is why I married an accountant, because math is not my friend, always <laughs>, laughs at me because I can't do math and I can't tell direction either. I always say left when I mean right. And it's 
it's a it's but a he problem. understands but he understands and yeah. he thinks it's funny that's why you have him he counterbalances you right yes yeah. yes he is my we are definitely yin and yang there you so go it's great so the pattern repeat again is 16 stitches and then you're going to chain three at the end so 16 plus three got it then you're going to go back into the fifth oh gosh stitch. okay every time the Fifth, nope, just in when the you're doing one. your first row. Got it. You're going to go back into the fifth. One, two, three, four. In the fifth stitch, you're going to do a double crochet decrease over the next two stitches. I know what a decrease is. Right? So that means we're going to start the double crochet, wrap around the hook. We're going to insert the hook into the fifth chain, pull up a loop, pull through two, or yarn over, pull through two, and then stop. We're not going to pull through the last two. Oh. We're going to insert the hook into the next chain. So okay. we're going to yarn over, insert the hook into chain six, pull up a loop, yarn over, pull through two loops, and then we should have three loops on your hook. Then you're going to yarn over and pull through all three. So that's going to be a decrease over those two stitches. I see it. Then we're going to double crochet in the next five. Hmm. One, two, three, four, five. Then in the next stitch, after we double crochet in the next five stitches, we are going to put five double crochets into that next stitch wow and that's going to be our return so five double crochets into that next stitch wow i see it yeah do you see okay. it yeah that's okay. a lot but it, it, it makes is a lot peak. but it's going to make that a nice yeah. severe peak yeah then we are going to do five double crochets over the next five stitches so again mm -hmm. one two three four five i see it then we're going to do our five decrease so over the next five stitches we're going to do a double crochet decrease, which means you're gonna yarn over, insert your hook into the chain, pull up a loop, yarn over, pull through two, yarn over, insert your hook into the next chain, yarn over, pull through two loops. So now you have three loops on your hook. Eventually you're gonna get to the point where you have six loops on your oh hook. Oh my gosh. So you're gonna keep six. doing that until you have five double crochets that are not complete on your hook. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay, then you're going to yarn over and pull through all six loops. Okay. So it's a decrease of five stitches. Got it. Then you're going to do five double crochets, and then you're going to start that pattern again with the five double crochets in that one chain. So it's five on their own, an increase of five, five on their own, decrease of five, until you get all the way to the end. You should have three stitches at the end, and then you're going to do a decrease of those three stitches. So it's going to be... Yarn over, when you get to the end, there will be three stitches. Yarn over, insert your hook into the stitch, pull up a loop, yarn over, pull through two. So you'll have two loops on your hook. Yarn over, insert your stitch into the second to last stitch, pull up a loop, yarn over, pull through two. So then you'll have three loops on your hook. And then in the very last stitch, you're going to yarn over, mm -hmm. pull through, pull up a loop, yarn over, pull through two loops, and then yarn over, pull through all three loops. I'm going to have to do this. <laughs> yes, you are. You're about to do it in just a second. <laughs> I have her set up, so I'm, I'm talking her through the setup right now. She's got the picture. It's then cool. you're going to chain three. And then we're going to do the trellis row. And you know what? We we can take a picture yeah. of this okay. and we'll post it on our socials so you Perfect. can see. It's a chart. So yeah. we can post this on our socials. And YouTube, you'll see us in action. Yes. This one's really fun. It yeah. sounds complicated, but once you get going... But that's the basic chevron pattern. Now we're going to do a row of trellising on oh that. Oh my gosh. So there's going to be like holes and spaces. Which is neat. I like the holes and spaces. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. So at the end, we're going to chain three. And then we're going to do a double in 
basically the third stitch. So that chain three does act as your first stitch. So, Got it. And then this is going to act as our decrease. So you're going to yarn over, pull up a loop, yarn over, pull through two, and then yarn over, pull through both loops on oh, your hook. Wow. Okay. okay. Then you're going to chain one, skip one, yarn, and then do a double, chain one, skip one, do a double, chain one. Now we're at the top of the of the five crochets that we did in the row before mm -hmm. that were in that uh, in the top that formed the peak of it right so in the top stitch so in the third stitch or the top stitch mm -hmm. you're going to do a double crochet a chain one a double crochet a chain one and a double crochet so there'll be wow. three double crochets and two chain ones okay in that then you're going to chain one skip a stitch double crochet in the next stitch chain one skip a stitch double crochet in the next stitch it makes sense it's making it's a, a pattern yes yeah it's a pattern it's hard to explain but like i said we said we'll we'll post pictures yeah, in we the will youtube post, this is definitely one you're going to need to visit you want to see the youtube yeah yeah and then when we get to the decrease you're going to decrease but it's going to be three decreases because you are skipping two stitches in there okay ah, i see it so you're going to yarn over insert your hook pull up a loop yarn over pull through two so you have two loops on your hook we're starting the decrease mm -hmm. you're going to skip a stitch then you're going to do your second double crochet of the decrease in that decrease from the row below the bottom yeah so yes. it's the bottom peak the bottom peak yeah. yes so you're going to yarn over pull up a loop yarn over pull through two so you have three loops on your hook then you're going to skip the next stitch mm -hmm. then you're going to finish your decrease yarn over mm -hmm insert your hook pull up a loop yarn over pull through two and then you're going to yarn over and pull through all of the loops oh, on your hook man okay then chain one mm -hmm. skip one do a double crochet chain one skip one do a double crochet chain one mm -hmm. then you're at the top of the, the other peak of the other peak yeah does that make sense yeah i can see it okay it, i think that chart really does help in that when you're explaining it and i'm watching it's actually really cool how they did that yeah. and made that change that yeah, chart. Yeah, yeah, And so those are the two rows that you do. Okay. As and you're back as you're doing the blanket, you're Got just it. going back and forth cool. between those two rows. So when you get to the end of that is going to be a decrease where it's going to be you're going to skip that and then decrease the one there. Got it. Yep. Okay, so now she's going to start oh gosh. the chevron row. I'm scared. So No, you're not. So we're <laughs> going to start with a decrease over three stitches. Okay. Okay, so this counts as that stitch. The first one? So that yep. I was wondering. It's so so tiny. It she, counts she, as she, the... She's so tight, guys. So you're going to... Nope, nope. No? That counts as that stitch. Oh, okay. So pull it up straight. Do you see how that's a stitch there? Yeah. So you're going to go into the space. The space. Oh, the space. okay, good, good, good. Nope. Oh, the big space. Yeah, the big space. Okay. But don't forget to yarn over because it is a double. Yarn over. Okay. And then you're gonna pull through two, two. loops and then stop and then Kay. yarn over. Okay. And then insert three. into the stitch. The tiny stitch. Yep. Okay. Pull in. Yep. Yarn over and okay. pull through. And then go ahead and pull and through four. two. Yarn over and pull through two. So you can start that double. Wait, wait, wait. What? Yep. Oh. Yep. Pull go through ahead. two. There okay. you go. And then yarn over and pull through all three loops. Got it. And then that's your decrease. There you go. So the the next five are going to alternate between going into a chain space and going into the Two, stitch. And then this one's going to go here in the in the chain space. All yes. Right. And then there's another double. Yep. That's another okay. double on its own. And three. Then and then that one's going to chain go into, space. Mm -hmm. Okay. Three. Does that four? That's four. Okay. And, and then, then five. five into that chain you got space. It. Okay. There you go. And now we're at the top of the peak. Yes. Got it. Yes. Top of the peak. Yep. So you're going to do five into that top Holy of the peak. Holy cow. In this tiny little space. Yes. Five in there. How do you do that? 
you, you just do it. It stretches. It's yarn. Yarn is stretchy. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, God. That's what she said. Okay. Two, three. three. Oh, look, I'm going fast. Yes, you Four. are. You're and what so hook are you, am I using right now? Oh, I went. A, I, went I did a smaller, smaller. hook. Smaller. That makes yeah. sense. I think it's a five. Okay. 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 And then you're going to do five double Scaring crochets, but here. on their own in five over the next five one. stitches. And then that one goes in the top of that stitch. Two. It's easy once you get going. Three. It is. And then four, four into that stitch. So I'm doing it, guys. Yes, I'm getting she through is. the chevron. It's pretty cool. Five is the big space. Five is okay. the big space. And then you should be at the bottom peak. Got it. Right? Or close to the bottom yeah. peak. So the next five stitches are going to be your decrease. Okay. Okay, so you're going to start your decrease, which is you're doing like half of a double crochet, right? right? So that should start in that stitch. In the next stitch. In the next stitch, okay. and then a chain. And then your third one should be in the top of the of the bottom of the show. So chevron. do a Does double? Sense? Do a half a double there. Okay. Good. This one should be into the chain. Yeah. 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 Okay. And do half a, half that double crochet. Okay. Good. And now you should be at the top of the, your mm -hmm. third one should be at the top, the top of the bottom. Yeah. And do a double? Do, yep. Complete half a double because you're going to do Wait, but two I, more. Do I yarn over? Yep. Okay. You're going to do half a double in that one. So Let's yarn over. Okay. And then and pull through pull two. two. Okay. There you go. And then you have two more of those. So the next one should be a chain space. So half. Half of it. And then one more. To complete your and I saw four. I yep. have four. Okay. And then I go another one in the tiny chain. Yep. I'm doing it. She is doing it. She's almost this got this decrease. All five or just No, we gotta pull through two. Two. Okay. There you go. Cause that completes the half the bottom half of the double crochet, got right? Got it. So now you're gonna yarn over and pull through all of them. And, and then that should be five. Five. Yes. It's like the feather stitch where it's like yes. you gotta keep it loose. Gotta keep it loose. Got it. You're pulling keep through a lot of stitches. All. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Well, if I were both like, oop. Okay. Okay. Oop. There it is. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to do five double crochets independently. So they're going to alternate between going big, into little, the. Big, little, big. Yeah. They're cool. going to alternate going into a chain space or into the stitch. I call big, little, big. Big, little, big. <laughs> we, we develop our own terminology as we're <laughs> it doing this. just helps me because my brain. Big, little, big. Learning how to crochet is, is a tricky thing. But I'm getting there, Angela. You are. You're doing awesome. This is You're foreign. going so much faster. I am. And you guys, Nicole has fallen into the world of Amigurumi. <gasps> oh, I want, you know, I start projects like a million things. I'm a true Gemini when I want to do all the things. And I have like a million things I want to do. And I was telling my husband about these Amigurumis. I made some axolotls. I'm so excited. Angela taught me how to do it. Yes. And he's like, so cute. he's like, you got to finish your cross stitch. I'm like, yeah. I know. Because it's his present. He wants it. It is. Yeah. He, I think he knows what it is now. Oh, does he? I think he, he can I see it. I love it. Okay. So we're at the top now. You just completed those five yes. crochets after that decrease. Okay. So that puts us at, at the, the top. At the top of the next one. Okay. So we're going to do five in that top. Five oh, doubles in that's that top. Right. Okay. One, two, three. We have kids. Four. It's still summertime. That for another week <laughs> five there we go so five at the top then we're going to do our five doubles down over the next five stitches so that's one two three four <laughs> and five Yay. then we're going to start our five decrease and so that's what we're doing one two three four and five all right and then we're gonna go through all of them 
Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Thank you, Angela. So that's our new Chevron Thank pattern. Thank you. I can do this. Yay, it's we It's going to take me some this. work, but I can do this. Yes, chevrons for me are really tricky because yeah. you just have to keep remembering. You have to know your pattern better. Yeah, yeah. you have to know the pattern. So we will post this and okay. then you'll get to watch my yeah. hands go on our yes. YouTube channel. Miss Angela's definitely doing this so one. So please definitely jump over to the YouTube so you can yeah, see how this works because it's a really pretty stitch when you when you finish it. Okay, so that's it for stitch time. It's the second part of story time. <gasps> I'm so excited. Ominous story time. Woo. Hey, Stitchers, heads up. This episode has a lot of discussion about murder. So listener discretion advised. Yes, please. No little kids. Yes, please. And we're back. I can't wait. You ready for this, Angela? I am ready. I am on the edge of my seat. She is actually on the edge of the seat. I am on the edge of the seat. Okay. November 9th, 1971. I like the voice. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm a little sick (laughs) getting over a bad cough. So my voice is very low. Okay. November 9th, 1971. The detailed accounts of what happened with John List's family. That morning, he wakes up and makes breakfast for the family. Oh, how nice. Yeah. And gets the kids to school like it's a normal day. In his three-piece suit. In his three-piece suit. Um, Actually, I think he was wearing something a little different that day and I forgot Ooh. exactly I think he's wearing like a field jacket oh because oh. he's doing some work he's doing some <laughs> some crazy work now Helen his wife comes down for coffee and toast as usual and sits at the table John goes to the garage to grab two pistols oh now he does write a memoir I think I mentioned this in the last po- podcast um I take his memoir with a grain of salt because it's coming from his brain. So, you know, I mean, he's got some detailed accounts, but some things might be a little bit changed. But anyway, in his memoir, he returns to his wife, who is sitting with her back to him and drinking her daily morning coffee. And he shoots her in the back of the head. (gasps) Execution. Yes. So then he rushes up to Alma, his mom, on the third floor while his wife's laying there on the ground. Alma heard the shot, but she wasn't sure what it was. And and she asks him, but he says it was nothing. Then he shoots her. Oh, my gosh. In the face. (gasps) Yes. He shoots his mom in the face? In the face, his mom. Oh, my gosh. John states in his confession letter, which I will definitely talk about this soon, um, and in, in his memoir, that he shot her in the back of the head. But... The autopsy reports definitely prove Alma was the only one shot right in the face near her left eye. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Poor Alma. His own mother. She's been nothing but an angel to him, giving him giving money. Giving him everything. Giving, oh, my gosh. She, I think she was a little bit, you know, deterred by his wife in some ways. But still, like, he's she, she's given him everything, right? Um, now, because she was too heavy to move, he just left her in a very contorted position. Oh, my gosh. Shoots her and leaves her. Now, he planned to murder his children, but he didn't want them to see his mom uh, or their mother and give anything away. So he drags Helen's body to the ballroom and places her on a sleeping bag. 
Okay. Yeah, this is, you'll see the trend here. Oh, no. Then he starts cleaning up her blood in the kitchen. In his memoir, he states he had to mop the floor three to four times, and he had to wring the mop out by hand because they had no mop wringer. Oh, poor guy. Oh, no. I mean, you murder your wife, and then the cleanup is terrible Oh, no, it's so hard. Maybe you just don't murder your wife next time. That's his calculated plan. He thought this was the best thing to do, Uh. so... Yep, that's in his mind. So after killing his mother and his wife, and after moving Helen and mopping the blood, what does he do? I don't know. He takes a break and makes himself a GD sandwich. Oh my gosh. There and is a severe disconnect here with what's going no, on in he this. He thinks everything's cool. And he eats it at the very same Everything table. Everything is awesome. Everything. <laughs> now, he eats it at the very same table where he murdered his wife in cold blood. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess he's hungry after he had to ring them up by hand several Angela, times. good job. That's what he says. Oh, they ask him. I don't want to think like him. Ew. Right? They ask him, what happened? I was hungry. Also in between these shootings and his lunch, he took care of a lot of loose ends and he very meticulously, he contacted the schools. He let them know the kids weren't going to be there. And he made up this whole lie that there's a family illness in North Carolina on Helen's side. And he stops the milk and mail deliveries. He wrote notes to neighbors about their trip to North Carolina. Oh my goodness. He went to the bank and he cashed some saving bonds and etc. And they were like, no, but he he was able to convince them. He's like, no, we, we need these. And they're like, cool, okay. Oh um, 1970s, everybody. And he tried to take care of as many details and loose ends as he could. Then he reloaded his gun. Oh, now, this is the part I'm not, I mean, no. I don't like it, but I'm not going to like no, this part. Yeah, children, that's, we've talked about that too, Angela and I, that children murders are the worst. Murder in general is the worst, but you know, with children, they're so innocent. Again, in his memoir, he felt no remorse to commit to his action plan of murder. No, because he believes he's sending them to heaven. That's that's his whole thing in his head. He's (sighs) justified it. Now at 12.30 p.m., John picks up his daughter, Patricia, or Patty, and takes her home. What we've learned is that she had actually checked out of school early, citing she had cramps. And she walked down to a sandwich shop. Oh, poor girl. Yes. John picks her up there and takes her straight home. When walking into the house from the laundry room to the kitchen, he shoots her on the left side of the face in the back (gasps) of the face. Another face? Well, it says in the left side of his face, but it's back of the head? I don't know. That's what it says. So she doesn't see it. He's such a coward. Yes. And it kills her instantly. He moves Patty's body besides Helen's on another sleeping bag in the ballroom and cleans up the blood where he shot her. So he's constantly shooting and cleaning. Shooting, dragging, cleaning. Yes, on a sleeping bag. Except for his mother because she's too heavy. Yeah. Left her there. That afternoon, yep. Youngest child, 13 year old Fred List, went to his after school job where Patty also worked. He called home to ask where she was since she didn't show up. But within minutes, John pulls up to pick Fred up from the job. And the exact same situation as Patty, Fred and John walk into the back door, and John shoots Fred on the left side of the back of his head and drags him to the ballroom onto another sleeping bag. Once he cleans up after Fred, John Jr. is the last child to face his father's evil plot. There's discrepancy as to whether John Jr. was picked up or dropped off after soccer practice, but this was the most gruesome murder. Yeah. John Jr. barely makes it into the house when John Sr. shoots him multiple times. Oh, my God. 
gosh. Yeah. Now, John Sr. claims he shot him so many times because he was moving and convulsing, quote unquote. But the police theorized that because John Jr. was at five foot nine, he's big, uh-huh. and 170 pounds, he most likely fought back and struggled. Oh. Yeah. Ten bullets. Oh. Ten bullets. Ten bullets? Yes, were fired into his son. Oh, my God. Yes. He dragged John Jr. to the ballroom, and like the other members of his family, he placed him onto a sleeping bag. And with all of them, he actually covered their bloody faces with rags. But unlike the others, because John was the last one, Mm -hmm. he didn't clean up the bloody drag marks as he does not need to surprise any more family members. And now he has murdered them all. After this extremely gruesome act of extinguishing the life of his children, wife and mother, John List said he felt, quote unquote, sated. He even recites a prayer after all that he had done. And this is his prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray to you in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Please take the family into your heavenly home. They are all so innocent in this manner. Then he recited the Lord's Prayer. I feel like I'm going to vomit. Right? That is so grotesquely disgusting and his religious undertones of all of this, right? That makes me so sick. Yes. Like, that is not what Christianity is. Nope. And it's, oh, it's so upsetting. But that was what he thought. I mean, it's so insane that he thinks that was the only path that he could take. So, yeah, we'll get into it some more. He's such a coward. Very, very much. Yeah, you'll even see how much cowardly this is. I'm getting, like, so mad right now. (laughs) Good, you should be. So, List then cleans his pistols, he packs his bags, and he calls a family that they usually carpool with to also tell them the story of their sick grandmother in North Carolina, and they weren't going to be around. And then he writes his confession letter to his pastor. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. After this, what does he do? What? He eats dinner and goes upstairs of to course, sleep. Of course, now he's hungry again. He's because, hungry and tired. Oh, my God. He's very methodical, so he just, like, has this checklist in his head. He goes and eats. He goes upstairs to sleep. In the same house, he murders his family. He has no feeling. No, no, he has none. He has no emotions. So the next morning, he tears out his face out of every photo in the house what and he oh burned out of the photos okay photos. not his own face <laughs> <laughs> i gave you the wrong impression tonight. that would have been way cooler of an oh ending oh my god no okay he, he tears, tears out his photos photo faces oh my god so that he, no one could trace his photo face you know his or him you know and okay this, no internet that right? makes no mm-hmm. sense though. well they can't they can't put out apbs of this what he is, looks like because yeah. there's no photo there's evidence no photos well, you'll see later. It does. It, he I, didn't do everything. I don't think that that works. Right. You'll it see. It doesn't work that way. Okay. It did in 1970s. There's no internet tracing, right? And he wasn't convicted of anything before this. So, yeah, they wouldn't know exactly what he looked like except to people's accounts. But he burns them all in his, his uh, Weber grill along with his passport. Now, in November into December. So, remember, this, was, this all happened in November. Right. right? Now we're in December. Okay. Okay. Neighbor Dr. Bill Connick noticed lights slowly going out in the house, but didn't think anything sinister of it. And Patricia's drama coach, Ed Iliano, was worried that he hadn't seen Patty for almost a month. And right. Had, people are starting to notice. Yes. Even a month though, later. Well, he was telling people they were visiting their sick grandma, yeah, right? Yeah. But that's a long time. He was supposedly, he was driving by her house every so often and to try and see if she was around. 
And he also noticed the lights were going out slowly. So both her drama coaches, Ed Iliano and Barbara Sheridan, visited the List House on December 7th, 1971. The next door neighbor, Dr. Connick, noticed a strange car at the house, which was their car. Right. So him and his wife decided to come over as well. Ooh, okay. Yes. So we got four people showing four up. Four people at the showing list house. up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they were all worried mostly because of Alma List being alone. So the cops were called and they were expressed concern about Alma. And that actually provided enough evidence so the cops could go in and try to get into the house. Because oh. they were like, Alma might be there alone. Yes. She might need help. Yes. Can you go check on her? Yes. And they were like, okay, we can do that. Okay. That's okay. reason enough to, to break in and enter. Right. Check on the old people. Yes. Okay. So police officers, Charles Howler and George Zelesnik searched around the home and found an unlocked window on the side of the house. And they were able to crawl in there and followed by the drama coaches. <laughs> nice. They're like, we want to come and the do dra- Of course, they want to follow the action. Yes. They're drama They're coaches. drama coaches. <laughs> I love Food it. for their soul, right? Right. Yeah. Zelesnik's police report stated, I noticed that the interior of the house was cold. The first floor was in darkness except for a light reflection from the second floor. There was soft music playing from a central intercom system. The house appeared to be in neat order. However, there was a faint offensive odor. Because they've been laying in there for a month now. For a month. Oh my gosh. Yes. He also noticed dried blood on the floor and a drag mark. It was John List Jr. Yeah. Now they worked their way in further and found the grisly scene in the ballroom. Now the thermostat was way down. It was cold. Cold, yeah. Okay. And so this had slowed the decomposition down a little but they could tell the four family members had been dead for a decent amount of time. Yeah. Remember, there's only four in the ballroom. Yes, because Alma's upstairs. Yeah. Then they went searching for the other two family members because they didn't know where John List was. Oh, because at this point, they don't... Yeah, they have no idea. Maybe he's murdered, Yes. Got it. Now, they found 82-year-old Alma dead crumpled on the third floor. The morbid detail as to why he left the lights and the music on and the thermostat to 50 degrees, Mm -hmm. this is what... From according to John List. He said he didn't want the oil to run out or pipes to freeze since the bank was foreclosing and didn't, quote unquote, want to cost them any more money if there was damage. Oh, so kind of Kind of think of the mortgage company in his house. Yeah. And the lights and the music on would deter burglars. Yeah. Again, backwards thinking, huh? Crazy. Now, this is where it's going to get a little long, but they found the five-page confession letter to his pastor, Eugene Ray Winkle, in a folder with other apology notes to the family. Would you like to hear his confession letter? Yes, I guess. You should. This really does how his thinking works. Dear Pastor Ray Winkle, I am sorry to add this additional burden to your work. I know that what has been done is wrong from all that I have been taught and that any reasons that I might give will not make it right but you are the one person that I know that will not condoning this will at least probably understand why I felt that I had to do this. One, I wasn't earning anywhere near enough to support us. Okay, then you move to a smaller house. You don't murder your family. (laughs) That's the normal person thinking, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everything I tried seemed to fall to pieces. True, we could have gone bankrupt and maybe gone on welfare. Yeah, okay. Maybe. You could have taken a job that wasn't crazy a, a, expensive. A, well, he could have taken a job that is more fitting for him, yeah. not like a 
personnel management job. He's not good with people. But his pride would have been hurt. Oh, suck on it, John. (laughs) Now two. But that brings me to my next point. Knowing the type of location that one would have to live in, plus the environment for the children, plus the effect on them knowing they were on welfare, was just more than I thought they could and should endure. I know they were willing to cut back, but this involved a lot more than that. Oh, he's doing it for the kids. He's doing it oh, for yeah. their, their Let mental. Let me murder you so that you don't have to go beyond welfare right? and deal with have, and learn living how, in a mansion. Yeah, learn how to deal with life. The kids already had jobs. They were already earning money. Yes, and they were young. Yeah. They were young. And they knew how money. to do it. They were, they were becoming resilient kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's so crazy. Yeah. No, he's insane. Three. With Pat being so determined to get into acting, I was also fearful as to what that might do to her continuing to be Christian. Oh my gosh. I'm sure it wouldn't have helped. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Four. Also, with Helen not going to church, I knew that this would harm the children eventually in their attendance. I had continued to hope that she would begin to come to church soon. But when I mentioned to her that Mr. Jutsi, I think that's it, Jutsi wanted to pay her an elder's call, she just blew up and said she wanted her name taken off the church rolls. Again, this could only have an adverse result for the children's continued attendance. So that is the sum of it. If any one of these had been the condition, we might have pulled through, but this was just too much. At least I'm certain that all have gone to heaven now. If things had gone on, who knows if this would be the case. Of course, mother got involved because doing what I did to my family would have been a tremendous shock to her at this age. Oh, so let me go ahead and shoot her her in the face so that she doesn't have to deal with what I did. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Therefore, knowing that she is also a Christian, I felt it best that she be relieved of the troubles of this world that would have hit her. After it was all over, I said some prayers for them all from the hymn book. That was the least that I could do. Oh, no. I think the least you could do (laughs) is is not not murder murder your family. This guy is insane. Oh, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. Oh, I hate it screws are all loose. I hate it so much. Yep. Now for the final arrangements. Helen and the children have all agreed that they would prefer to be cremated. Please see to it that the costs are kept low. Oh, my God. Still thinking about money. For Mother, she has a plot at the Frankenmuth Church Cemetery. Please contact Mr. Herman Shelkus. He is married to a niece of Mother's and knows what arrangements are to be made. She always wanted Reverend Herman Zender of Bay City to preach the sermon, but he's not well. (laughs) Also, I'm leaving some letters in your care. Please send them on and add whatever comments you think appropriate. The relationships are as follows. Mrs. Lydia Meyer, Mother's sister. Mrs. Ava Meyer, Helen's mother. Jean Seifert, Helen's sister. Also, I don't know what will happen to the books and personal things, but to the extent possible, I'd like for them to be distributed as you see fit. Some books might go to the school or church library. Originally, I had planned this for November 1st, All Saints Day, (laughs) but travel (laughs) arrangements were delayed. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, laughing. No. This is just so insane, right? grotesque yes. and insane. That you just and have it, to laugh at I, it, right? It makes me so uncomfortable. I have to laugh. Yeah. It's it's insane. I can't even fathom or wrap my brain around how somebody can think this way. Yeah. No. It's it's this is very in the mouth of madness, isn't it? Oh, stop it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's, it's well, 
yeah okay yeah. I, uh, I can't talk it's so much <laughs> she's 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 going crazy over this. oh no i thought it would be an appropriate day for them to get to heaven as for me, please let me be dropped from the con- congregation rolls. Oh, okay. No. That's your sacrifice yep. for murdering your family. Just yep. drop me Just from drop the me from them. I oh. leave myself in the hand of God's justice and mercy. I don't doubt that he is able to help us, but apparently he saw fit not to answer my prayers the way that I hoped that they would be answered. Okay, God does not answer your prayers the way you want them to be answered. He answers them the way that they need to be answered. Exactly. Uh, okay, sorry for no, the little No, no, you should. No, this like, is good. D- uh. This makes me think that perhaps it was for the best as far as the children's souls are concerned. I know that many will only look at the additional years that they could have lived, but if finally they were no longer Christians, what would be gained? (laughs) That got me. Oh, there's... You don't have to be a Christian to live a a fulfilled life. You don't have to have have any religion. You You can be anything you want and just... uh, uh, I I can go into this forever. You know, we're trying to steer clear as much as possible of trigger things like, like... religion yes. and politics yes because we want this to be an all-inclusive podcast it is an all-inclusive podcast mm-hmm. we have our thoughts and oh, you guys yeah. might see some of that come through on what we believe as far as religion and, sure. and you know how we identify and, and different things mm-hmm. but we pass no judgment on no. what anybody chooses to you believe. choose what you need to do if it makes sense to you and it's for the benefit of humanity like as long as you i to me the the true religion is love yeah you're supposed to love everybody treat everybody with kindness and respect well treat everybody how you want to be treated yeah that's my the you know that golden rule the golden rule i I live by that yeah it's not and there is none of that in here and i hate it so much apparently he wanted to be murdered because that's how he's treating his family right right to me the worst thing in the world is taking a beautiful idea, love, and twisting oh, it he twisted into it. something evil to totally. fit your purposes. That is what makes my skin crawl and my blood boil more than mm-hmm. anything in this world. And he world. thought it was it was the right thing to do. That's what's scary about all of oh. this and, and, and his motivations. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> yep. I'm so mad. My only answer it, 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 is it isn't easy. <laughs> And was only done after much thought. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. One other thing. It may seem cowardly to have always shot from behind. Yeah, think? Which he didn't do all of them. Well, yeah, his mom. Yep. But I didn't want any of them to know, even at the last second, that I had to do this to them. Oh, but they knew. John Jr.? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Patty knew. I have to go into that later. I will go into that. But Patty had a sense. That his dad, that that her dad dad was going to kill them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's a smart girl. She's a smart girl. John, oh yeah, here. John got hurt more because he seemed to struggle longer. No, he knew. He he tried to fight. Yeah, John was bigger than yes. him, and he was scared of yeah. that. Of so his he had son to shoot him ten times. Oh. Yeah, the re- rest were immediately out of pain. John didn't consciously feel anything either. Liar. Sure. Please remember me in your prayers. I will <laughs> need them whether or not the government does its duty as it sees fit. I'm only concerned with making my peace with God. And of this, I am assured because of Christ dying even for me. P.S. Mother is in the hallway in the attic third floor. She was too heavy to move. John. This is insane. Right? That's why I wanted to include this because this is his actual confession letter. Okay, so this is what I was just talking about. So were there any signs that this was coming? Kind of. Now, John List kept to himself. 
He was super private, right? Mm -hmm. But the only small red light, like I was saying, Patty did tell her best friend a month prior to the murders that she thought her father was going to kill her and her brothers. Wow. But it wasn't taken serious. Because she's the actress, right? Yes, she's the actress. Oh, she's just full of drama. Yes. And also later in court, Pastor Ray Winkle swore... He discussed Patty's dabbling with witchcraft with John List, but he was too embarrassed to really talk about it. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. So he knew and he didn't. He was just that pride again got to him. Oh, my gosh. Now, the FBI searched for John List. And since it had been 28 days since he murdered his family, all they could find was his parked car at Kennedy International Airport in New York City two days after the bodies were discovered. Oh. Now, the lead was he flew off to Germany because he apparently had relatives there, but frankly, he disappeared. Did they ever catch him? We're going to get into that. Oh, my this gosh, is Nicole. This like my skin is crawling. I, I don't like this. I know. This is our first true true crime. Oh, I'm going to cry. I don't like this. <laughs> I know. It's okay. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. Okay. It's going to happen. Okay. Now, Helen, Patricia, Fred, and John Jr. were buried in Fairview Cemetery in Westfield. His mother, Alma, was interred at the St. Lorenz Lutheran Cemetery in Frankenmuth, Michigan. So they didn't fly her out there okay. or move her out there. He took trains and buses across the country to Denver, Colorado, okay. which I like Denver, but <laughs> because this is what he said, he wanted somewhere far enough away to go, but he quote unquote might want to see the mountains. Oh, well, <laughs> and you know, he was able to do this because there were no digital footprints at that time in the 1970s. You imagine him trying to do that now. Yeah, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Now he goes to a social security office pretends to lose his social security card and they give him and he gives him a like a random name and info and ta-da his brand new life is robert p clark or bob for short oh my god so he's still living he finds a job as a line cook at a holiday inn now how ironic i put this in my notes how ironic how he killed his family because he didn't want to take a low-paying job and go on welfare but now he takes a lower paid job to survive yeah what is that it's insanity that's what it is he is insane he has broken off from any kind of Mm -hmm. reality and and i'll tell you why soon well what what the psychologists say and he buys a trailer with cash now, several years after the murders. Oh, several years. Several years. They still haven't mm. found him. He starts doing tax work for people and then full on becomes an accountant. Death and taxes, people. And, yep. <laughs> and starts going back to church. Oh, good for him. Mm, kind of. 1977, he meets a, a little lady at a singles event for Lutherans. Oh, no. Her name is Dolores Miller. And Run nice. away, Dolores. Run away. Well, this is the crazy part. She, she's a nice reserved lady and they end up dating for eight years before getting married no. in 1985 and they move into her condo in Aurora, Colorado. No, I have eight family years. in Aurora. Oh, there you go. Oh, they might be able to visit the site where no. he lives. Wanda Flannery, keep that name in mind, was Wanda their Flannery. next door neighbor. Okay. But Dolores and Wanda were pretty good friends and they hung out a lot. 1987, he lost another accounting job. Of course Yay, he did. That's this pattern. And he finds another one, though, in Virginia. Oh, okay. So Dolores and Bob, Bob, Bob. because it's not Bob, ended up moving out there to specifically Richmond, Virginia. February 1988 gets exciting. Okay. America's Most Wanted debuts on Fox Network, which at the time was a very rookie network. You remember watching Fox being so cool? Yes. 
Um, I remember The Simpsons on Fox. Yes. That's where I, my heart belongs. Tracy Ullman. I yes. started with Tracy Ullman and The Simpsons on Tracy yep. Ullman. I would stay up past my bedtime and sneak <laughs> down and watch like Tracy Ullman. There you go. So it de- debuts on Fox Network, which again, was a very rookie network. And the first episode features David James Roberts. He was a rapist, serial murderer who escaped from prison. Oh my gosh. But thanks to the show, uh-huh. four days after the first episode, he was captured and arrested. <gasps> So with it this, worked. yeah, the show took took off, takes oh, off because wow. of this, and it eventually becomes one of Fox's biggest running shows. Right now, police detective Jeffrey Hummel was grasping straws at this point. It's been what almost eighteen years, right? Yeah, yeah. And he told the captain in charge of Major Crimes Unit, Frank Marenka, about America's Most Wanted. And Marenka reaches out to the show, but he was denied because the case was too old. Like, oh God, they wanted that fresh, like. You know, all the fresh murders. Yeah, because they think they'll be able to catch the guy because it's still fresh. Mm -hmm. But because it's been so long, it's so stale. Uh, They don't think anything's going to happen. Oh, you got to get this guy. Yep. No one really knows what he looks like at this point. And they actually, when you were talking about those photos, they only had one photo they found from his old church directory. Oh. They did find one. But it's been... 18, 18 years. years. Thankfully, they get another chance uh, at America's Most Wanted because Hummel gets a flyer for a police conference and the producers for America's Most Wanted are going to be there. Oh. January 1989. Okay. Both Hummel and Marenka head down to Delaware for that conference and they were able to show the crime scene photos to the executive director of America's Most Wanted. <laughs> nice. Right. Plus, the FBI were pressuring AMW, I shortened it up, mm-hmm. to feature older cases. And huzzah, it was approved. Yay! Woohoo! Get him! Get him, get him, get him! There are no leads, no photos, and no tips. <sighs> so, this was a huge problem. Yes. So, host John Walsh. John Walsh. Yes. Which they interviewed, which was so cool that I, I say they, Father Wants His Dead podcast. Oh, they did. Yeah, it was so cool. You got to listen to that episode. So John Walsh had a friend. His name was Frank Bender. He was a forensic sculptor that was supposedly going to be able to help them. He was an avant-garde sculptor in Philadelphia, and he was best at what he could do. So, for example, John Walsh would send him skulls of unidentified children. Oh, my gosh. And he would be able to rebuild their skulls and faces with clay. Yeah, he was that good at seeing that. So so John presented him three photos over 20 years old to Bender and would need to come up with a 63-year-old John list. Oh, my gosh. Bender works his magic, and he came, came up with all the details of his face <gasps> and the scars. Like, they were giving him everything. It's oh, amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so you can see the bust on the nj.com website, <gasps> and I'll put that in my notes. Yes, I'm going to show Angela right now. See this? Oh He's gosh. working on it. Oh, my gosh. That's that crazy? crazy. I'll show you another link at some point, but it's it's crazy how he was able to do that. Oh, here's a good one, I think. I'm going to click on this link and show Angela yes. the actual. So there's a newspaper clipping of it. So they gave him pictures. See uh-huh. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the okay. bust. And that's when he was arrested. <gasps> you it's guys, exactly, it's exactly the same. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Because look how different it is. I mean, like you have to take into effect the, the, the aging, aging process. process. And how he said he gave him this, this turned down it's lips. It's insane how yeah. close it is. The one thing, and it just could be the camera angle, because the camera angle for the, the real photo and the bust are slightly different. Yeah. The only thing that I see that's different is that in the bust, his cheeks are a little bit more hollow. Yeah. 
But that could, again, just be the camera think, angle. Yeah. That's crazy. With the little sagging jowl there. That is all the same. Yep. <gasps> crazy. So he did that. He worked his magic. Sunday, May 21st, 1989, my seventh birthday. Oh, cute of you. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh May 21st. Yep. I put it in my notes. John List's episode airs and reaches 22 million people. Nice. Happy birthday, Nicole. Oh, hey, my seventh birthday. Woo. Now, the night it was aired, America's Most Wanted received over 200 phone calls and tips. <gasps> wow. Yes. See, thankfully that showed. Uh, but who should watch the show but Colorado next door neighbor Wanda Flattery? Yeah, Wanda. Yes. She recognized Bob in an instant. And she, it was in the notes too, she would love to read the National Enquirer. Like, oh, I love everything. her. I love her so much. Yeah, she was into it. Wanda was initially afraid to call call in about him, but her son-in-law calls in for her 20 minutes after the show nice, airs. Nice, nice. June 1st, 1989. Okay. Kevin August and Randy Nidecker, they are FBI's fugitive task force agents. Nice. Go get them. Yes. They were out checking addresses of potential fugitives, a normal day for them. This was like their right. routine. One tip was from America's Most Wanted. And most of the time, these didn't turn up anything. So they weren't expecting anything at all. Right. They were at Dolores and Robert Clark's house in Virginia. <gasps> oh, they're going to get him. After Dolores showed them their wedding photo because Robert was actually at work at the time. Bingo. Yes. They try not to show their cards, but Kevin asked for his work address and Randy stays with her just to make sure she's not going to call him up. Right. They could tell Dolores had no idea and was completely out of the loop as to whom her husband was. August calls for backup. And they walk into Bob's office and August describes List, quote unquote. He was a strange man. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah he we, was, we know that. Yes. He was not very animated. He seemed to me as a vessel with no soul <gasps> in there. There was no soul in that body. I can tell you, I arrested a lot of people in my career in law enforcement because I was a police officer before I was an FBI agent. But this man, if you looked into his eyes, I'm telling you, there was nothing there. He's a robot. He is. Like several times as we've been going through this, I'm like, he's just a robot. No, he's like a vessel. There's no, no feeling. He's possessed. He's a demon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> She's baiting me here. Because, okay, we have to take a quick little oh, detour gosh, here. this is what we do. Oh, she's baiting me. Because if you remember last episode, we got into a discussion about if you're possessed. If from you, the movie Frailty. From the movie Frailty. Because the whole idea is that people become possessed by demons. And so they're not people anymore. And you kill them and you kill the demon. But... After we had that discussion, I woke up. She like, was at thinking about three this, or four in the morning, like early in the morning. I woke up because my brain was just firing on my argument <laughs> against how you don't kill the vessel because there's still a person. This, this is, is what how, she came up this with. This is my argument. Okay, so we know from exorcisms mm -hmm. that happen, right? When people perform exorcisms, we know that there is still a soul in there, even if they're possessed. Sure. When they get exercised, their soul returns back to their body. It's hiding. It's hiding. So the demon is, is forefront in there, right? Mm -hmm. So their soul is still there. It doesn't completely get taken over and run away, run, run off by the demon. But even if it did, even if they were completely possessed, mm -hmm. you still don't kill the vessel. We know this. But what happened? Okay. We know, this keep from, going, keep going. we know this from the Warrens. Yes. She's ready for her counter argument. I am. I thought about it. From the, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now you're not going to let me sleep again tonight. Yep. Okay. So we know this from the Warrens. Okay. When they were asked why they keep all of the demonic 
demonically possessed objects in mm -hmm. their home. So these are objects that have no soul, but they are completely possessed right. by a demon. They don't kill the vessel. You don't destroy the vessel because if you destroy the vessel, the demon lives on and it just moves into another vessel. It finds another place to live. But if you hold on to the vessel, you know where the demon is. Okay. It's encapsulated in that. So you're going to keep that human alive? So you don't kill the vessel. That's why the, the exorcist. You lock them up. Yeah. Or you exercise them. And if it doesn't work, you but lock them up. But if you exercise up. them, the demon's going to go into another vessel. Okay. Right? Well, then fine. Don't exercise <laughs> them. Keep them in the vessel. Know where they are. Or lock you exercise them. And if you have like, um, we need the, the, the ghost traps like in Ghostbusters. There you go. And, and collect them that way. Because you can see them. <laughs> no, okay. You are going way too into this thought. I think you're amazing. I love that. Um, <laughs> take a stitch. Take a stitch. Now, I think in the movie, in its own entities, saying that the demons are taking over those vessels so that, or they were born as demons. I, I, I'm just trying to give the devil's advocate here i'm sorry but i'm just saying no. that movie was just trying to say that they weren't possessed that they were just actual demons okay posing as you, humans no okay no you're still <laughs> we're gonna no. keep going in circles about this we'll I, have another like that movie. argument i know she hated that movie i'm sorry i made you watch it um well because it, it, it i'm it actually combined. glad i made you watch it because like it's making I'm you so think. fired up but no it makes me it well it it takes that that thing that i hate where you yeah. take religion and, and you, you twist, twist it. it yes to fit your well, needs that's why i had you watch this because because of, it fits it in with fits john, with john list Ugh. yeah see and I hate him too. I know. <laughs> Our next movie review today is going to be awesome. Yes, I'm so excited we'll, about this. We'll I actually this. like some of the movies that we watch. Yes. My husband was teasing me because he's like, you give bad reviews to no, every single movie. No, but this is good. I want you to have an honest review. That's I a good do. thing. Okay, so we're going to go back to the story. Okay. I really, you got to listen. Tangent over. Tangent over, but we'll come back to more, I'm sure. Uh -huh. So John List is finally in custody. Yay! That took a while, Hurrah! didn't it? Took forever. June first, like so. Nineteen years. I said 18? over twenty years. Oh 20? no, twenty years was when he had the photo taken. Nineteen seventy-one is when he killed everybody. Nineteen eighty-nine was when he oh. was finally arrested. Now, for months after his arrest, he maintained that he was Robert Clark. Oh sure, I'm Robert Clark. Yeah. yeah. But two days or day two of his arrest, Dolores visits him in jail. The deputy sheriff overheard him talking to Dolores through a glass partition. And in the hour long conversation, he was actually crying. Oh, sure. And talked about his children and confessed to her. The only time anyone really sees any emotion from him. So he heard him. So he, he heard that he was John List. So there okay. you go. Good. He gave it away. But in this conversation, it was mostly about money and of Helen. Course. Of course. <laughs> right? Nothing about the religion and his children's souls or whatever he wrote in his confession letter. It never was about the children's no, souls. No, it wasn't. That was just that was his, his cop out. Yeah, exactly. It was always about the money. Yeah. it was Because that's what he's an accountant and that's all he was focused on, unfortunately. No, no. Not all accountants focus solely on money. <laughs> no, not everybody, no. <laughs> but this guy has no soul. Well, yeah, exactly. Week after John's arrest, Dolores is constantly getting hounded by the press, and she's really overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. Um, poor lady. Poor lady. She was so out of the blue of this one. Um, now, even though List told her his confession, she still didn't believe it. <gasps> and she said she still loved him. Oh, Dolores. I mean, they were together for like over 10 years, I think. No, so. honey, honey, no. Um, they felt bad for her. So there was a press conference that was held to hopefully get them off her back. Yeah. Now, finally, he was extradited to New Jersey. 
If his public attorney, Elijah Miller, can convince the 12 jurors that he was not in the, his right mind, he was not insane, but not clearly thinking, mm-hmm. List could have been sentenced for only 10 years in prison. <gasps> the largest piece of evidence that Miller was trying to get thrown out was the confession letter. Uh, now, well, of course, because it's a confession letter. Yes. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. If you confess, you know exactly what you're doing. Yep. So this is the argument. So there, the judge overseeing his case was Judge William Wordheimer. He said that Miller's argument to have the letter thrown out was police entered the mansion illegally. But Wordheimer dismissed this as he said police were in their rights to enter because they feared Alma List needed help. Yeah. Here's the other argument. Okay. Priest penitent privilege. I learned something new every day. Priest Priest penitent penitent privilege. privilege. Say that five times fast. Oh my gosh, I can't. (laughs) I can barely say it once. So this is when a penitent confesses to a priest privately and the priest cannot share this with anyone else. Yes. So the letter should have only been viewed in private by his pastor and Pastor Ray Winkle did testify and agree with Miller. However... However, the judge denied this as List clearly abandoned his property, including the letter. Yes, he did. Right. Yes, he did. So the last defense, they they convinced the jury he was acting under a diminished mental capacity that he wasn't able to, quote unquote, weigh the pros and cons when he decided to kill his family. (sighs) Now, I'm going to go into this a little bit more because I thought this was so cool. In 1971, the laws, the, the death penalty did not apply. Because that's when he killed his family. Right. So prosecutors had to prove he acted premeditated to get first degree murder charges. But Miller was his his attorney was trying to going to counter this to say he wasn't acting deliberately. And if um, but again, he totally confessed that he planned it for November first, and he had. Oh, to wait you're a week. so way ahead. You're so smart. I, okay. And and his daughter was like told her friend yep. back in October. Like, yeah, but I don't oh. think she was on the on the. She didn't say anything. They, they didn't bring her they in didn't as a bring witness. The friend. No. Okay. But you're right. You're jumping way ahead of my okay. notes and you're amazing. I'm so smart. I'm so you, smart. SMRT. <laughs> That's from Simpsons. Gambit. I know. Okay, we good. say it all the time. <laughs> I get you. I'm, I'm there with you. Yes. You jumped ahead. But let me go into this real quick. So okay. the prosecutors for against John List, Eleanor Clark and assistant attorney Brian Gillette, they worked tirelessly to stop that counteract from happening okay now they should they should yeah prosecutors opened the trial with his confession letter brought in 17 witnesses and had to convince the crime was willful willful and deliberate and it came down to dr simmering the psychologist for the prosecutors so there was three in total okay Mm -hmm. dr goldstein dr miller and dr simmering okay so 95 percent of the findings that when they interviewed john list they all agreed that everything was similar in, in their findings but the two psychiatrists against dr simmering they agreed that he was not mentally ill not delusional and that he had an obsessive compulsive personality disorder that i yes no story checks out that makes sense to okay me. now let me go into that because okay. i thought this was so cool and i again i learned something new every day Yay. now ocpd now according to medlineplus.gov it's a mental condition in which a person is preoccupied with rules orderliness and control yes yeah check 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 yep it tends to occur in families so genes may be involved but a person's childhood and environment may also play roles. Mm-hmm. It occur- occurs most often in men. Yep. The difference between OCD, which I know a lot of people who have, yes. is that people with OCD have unwanted thoughts, while people with OCPD believe their thoughts are correct. Oh, there you go. Got it, yep. So OCD often begins in childhood, while OCPD usually starts in the teen years or early 20s. Yes. 
A person with OCPD has symptoms of perfectionism that usually begin in early adulthood. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Check. Check. This perfectionism may interfere with the person's ability to complete tasks because their standards are so rigid. Okay. Yep. Check. They may withdraw emotionally when Check. they are not able to control a situation. Check. Mm-hmm. This can interfere with their ability to solve problems and form close relationships. <laughs> yep. Yep. Check. Signs that you can clearly see in John List. Not wanting to allow other people to do things. Not willing to show affection. Preoccupied with details, rules, and lists. That's him. Yes, absolutely. So that was, they all agreed on that. Yes. The difference that 5% that the psychologist did not agree on were the technical issues of the law. The idea to kill his family. Now, could he have chosen not to kill them? Yes, absolutely. He could have chosen not to kill them. (laughs) To the defense, they thought that once he was set on that idea path, he couldn't choose to change it, which was due to the OCPD. So that's their argument. Oh, gosh. To Dr. Simmering, though, this is where Angela's so correct. He thought opposite in that he was so calm and cool in his discussions with him. This was very polite, well-mannered, and well-spoken and calculated that Dr. Simmering said John did have the capability to weigh the pros and cons. Yes, he did, because he changed the, the murder date. Yep. So over two days and nine hours, April 13th, the jury had a verdict, guilty of first-degree murder on all five accounts. Yes. Go everyone jury. Ex- yeah, everyone expected the verdict sooner, but the reason why it took them so long was because one of the 12 jurors still questioned John List's mental state. Ugh. But Gosh, like Angela, got to be one. Yes, there always is. I noticed that too. <laughs> but like Angela said, they all agreed after reading the confession letter over and over. They picked out that line that convinced everyone. Yay! Originally, I'd planned this for November first, All Saints Day, but travel arrangements were delayed. I thought it would be an appropriate day for them to go to heaven. Now this showed that he was able to deliberate because he changed the plans on when to execute them. Yes. See, smart girl. Oh, you picked that up right away. I feel so relieved. <laughs> right now right see oh i had gosh. to go into all of this now john's no this is fascinating and right? terrible but all at the same time it's yes it's everything yes <laughs> now john lists reaction uh-huh nothing, nothing. she sees my notes it's like <laughs> i'm reading her notes she wrote that in nothing. all caps nothing stone cold of course now two weeks later i'm almost done everybody okay two weeks later <laughs> i know this is a long one He gives this statement. I wish to inform the court that I remain truly sorry for the tragedy that happened in 1971. I feel that due to my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. Oh, God. Yeah. I ask all those who were affected by this for their forgiveness, their understanding, and their prayers. Thank you. But this was recited (laughs) without any emotion. Of course, because he's a robot and somebody wrote that for him and he had to read it. Isn't that crazy? To, uh, so he was sentenced for five life sentences, one for each family member. Thank God. Good. March 21st, 2008, List died in prison of complications from pneumonia at the age of 82. Eerily, the date was Good Friday. Oh, God. Breezy, right? Oh, now, why did you have to include that part? That's I had crazy. to because that was in there. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. few extra notes. Breeze Knoll. Remember the mansion they were living yes, in? Yes, yes. Breeze Knoll. It burned down in 1972 <gasps> due to arson. Oh. But a new mansion was built on the same property. Oh, my gosh. Now, the mystery is if we didn't know who was the arson 
And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because the utilities were shut down. The property was bare. So there, it couldn't have just ignited on its own. Right. So who did it? So who did it? Somebody that was mad at John List. Probably. Or maybe he snuck over and burned it down. They, yeah, they were thinking that. But no, they would have saw him. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, everybody was already knew. In Colorado. Yeah, everybody knew him yeah. then, too. And he was poor in Colorado. He was poor. <laughs> he was a line cook. Couldn't come back. So last thing I wanted to, this was funny because you okay. mentioned this about frailty. I so did. the John List story inspired a few movies and characters, but the one that got me, which uh-huh. I really love the movie, is Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze. Remember you I said did. that with frailty? Yes. I was like, I just got Kaiser Soze and yep. I was so mad. Exactly. <laughs> they, so he was inspired because the writer, Christopher McQuarrie and director Brian Singer were both from New Jersey. Oh, so they nice. took that and they ran with it, which is a great movie. Again, the best source for this case, if you want to listen and deep dive into this even more, because there's so many more details to this, this case, it's crazy. The podcast, Father Wants Us Dead. Mm-hmm. And then the books for the readers out there, Righteous Carnage, The List Murders in Westfield by Timothy Benford and James Johnson. Collateral Damage, The John List Story by Austin Goodrich. And Death Sentence, The Inside Story of the John List Murders by Joe Sharkey. Wow, Nicole. That was a wild ride. Isn't it? I've gone through so many emotions. You had me in tears. I'm so glad that our first justice true crime. was done. That was a doozy of a it's true pretty crime. pretty insane, huh? Uh, I need a nap. Yeah, I need I need some water and, and some coffee. I need a, and I need some... a drink. That's really what I need. <laughs> it's almost happy hour, right? Oh, wow. So that's the, that's the true story of John List and and we'll see if we'll dive into more true list or true true list true crime stories pretty soon here but I think we're going to take a break and go back into some paranormal things because yes please yeah that that's a little bit more uh not as crazy I think yeah all right movie time (gasps) it's movie time All right, our movie this week, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Oh my gosh, you guys, this was so fun. If I, you haven't seen it, you have to watch I'm it. I'm sure. It was 1990 oh, when it came 1990, out. 1990, so. man. This You've is... got a young Julianne Moore. You've mm-hmm. got Christian Slater. You've got a young Steve Buscemi. You have a Lawrence brother. We you have do. Matthew Lawrence. Matthew Lawrence. And Debbie, Debbie Harry. Harry. That was so cool. I love her so much. Yeah, it was amazing. My ringtone for the longest time was, call me. Oh, I love that Come song. On. Call me so, on. you know who sounds just like her? Who? Zoe Deschanel. Right? I love Zoe. It, I want her to sing that song. To sing Call Me? Yeah. Because I think she would do a she really good job it. with it, right? Because yeah. her Zoe, voice is very Zoe, if similar. you're listening, we're friends now because we rode a train <laughs> we together. We rode a train together. <laughs> All right. Back to the movie. Yes. So Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, has 6.2 stars on IMDb. No, again, that, that's got to be so much higher. It's so good. <laughs> Angela's opposite. I love uh, it. Again, released in 1990, and the very, very short synopsis is... A young boy tells three stories of horror to distract a witch who plans to eat him. Yes. It's so amazing. It's so good. Now, so the, the three tales, let me go into that real quick and then Angela can give me her thoughts. Yes. Lot 249. Lot this was actually based on a, a 1892 short story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes. Which is pretty cool. Cat from Hell. <laughs> yes. 1977 <laughs> short story by Stephen King. Oh, okay. I love it. And the third one is The Lover's Vow, which was an adaptation of the legend of the Yukiona oh. um, from a 1904 book 
Quidon stories and studies of strange things. Isn't that crazy? Aww. So, Angel, what do you think? I love this movie for so many reasons. I love the nostalgia effect for mm-hmm. it because 1990, it just takes me back to the 90s. The 90s. I love the 90s. Who doesn't love the 90s? Aww, and that's when we grew just up. Just seeing all these young faces of actors that you love and yes. you're just like, oh my gosh, look Christian at Christian Slater, such a baby, baby. They're so cute. Yes. I love it so much. I'm trying to scroll and find oh. my notes because I sent so many texts to Nicole of all of the. It was so funny. Okay. Yeah. We're going to. The text chain is amazing oh it's so good um yeah angela sent me like every little thing like as usual per usual in her in her movie reviews but she loved this movie it was so good that's so funny okay i found my text chain i'm good okay so the very first thing i was like this cast is nuts because (laughs) in in lot 249 yes that's where we see the young christian slater the young steve bolshemi the young julianne moore they're so young oh they're and they're they're so so cute. cute yeah and it's so 90s just Very like 90s. the way they talk julianne moore's little jazzercise outfit that she wears and the the way they interact some of the lines in the story are in all of these stories oh it's so over the top had me in stitches i was <laughs> laughing so hard what they chose so it's there's a mummy this is a mummy story mummy there's story. a mummy that comes and and does some and does steve some buscemi things. brings him to life yeah steve buscemi brings him to life and goes around murdering people but these are short stories so there's not a lot of character development. No, so they don't just need kind it. of skip a lot of things. It's really funny. So the first guy who gets murdered tries to defend himself against the mummy with a tennis racket. <laughs> yes. Which cracked me up because that's his whole like shtick is that he's this a rich tennis rich boy. Rich white boy. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> funny. So I texted her, tennis racket? Ha ha ha. And then the mummy does things to his victims that you do to mummies. Yes. Right? So the first thing he did is he took a coat hanger and pulled his brains out through his nose <laughs> and flung him into the fruit bowl. And that's where Julie Moore finds it. And there's like no reaction. She sees it. I'm like, wouldn't you scream or anything? She didn't do She's just like, anything. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so It's a brain. Good. And then getting stuffed with flowers. I don't want to give everything away, yeah. but... Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Gosh. Take a, it's take a so stitch. funny. And then, yeah, it's amazing. But it's so... It just... I don't know what about it. It's it's so kitschy. And yeah. Just, it's, a, it's a fun it's horror fun. movie. It's just fun. It just makes you laugh. Yeah. You're cracking up. My favorite is the next one. I the cat? That the cat from hell. Oh, my gosh. You guys... I remember reading this too. It's oh a, yeah, it is a short story. I read it's this Stephen one. Stephen King, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's uh, the way they they filmed it, and the the, the person that he hires to kill the cat. It's, I thought it was going to be Frankenstein because he looks like Frankenstein. Does to he? Me. Oh, or he Frankenstein's kinda, monster. Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah, say yeah. that right. There you go. Frankenstein's monster. Okay. He, he does. He like, does look he, like him. He huh? looks a little bit like uh, Edward Herman, right? Okay. Yeah. And big uh, big square head. Yeah, big square head. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, we had a mummy, so now we're gonna have Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein's no. monster. But no, he he was a hitman hired to kill a cat. <laughs> to kill the cat. A hundred thousand dollars to kill a cat. The amazing. I I when you know at the end when he's like the reason why he's uh-huh. coming back to to kill everybody was amazing i, I loved that whole like yes because he, he was being tested yes the drugs are being tested on the cat yes and he's like i'm going to kill you all and i was like no the old man is perpetuating all of this oh yeah i hate cats i hate cats and so he locks the cat up in with his sister yeah and and is she the one that gets suffocated by the cat 
was so funny. No, no, she trips. He trips oh, the, the sister. He trips the sister. And he suffocates the sister's the friend. friend. Oh and my it's a, gosh! So it's funny. so funny. And then the the whole ending part where. He, he goes into the climbs into the mouth. I can't give it away. I know, I know. I oh, know. It's okay. Spoiler. But but the way the way the hitman dies. Oh, it's is an, insane. It's insane. It's so funny. It's so over the top. And of course, my brain is always on a song loop. So the song that was playing for me was <laughs> the cat came back the very next day. Thought he was a goner, but the cat came back because he wouldn't stay away. <laughs> like, Stop playing in my head. But oh, it was so funny. But it's true. He kept coming back. Okay. My favorite part of that, yes. this is the best line so far. It made me laugh so hard. Okay. The the hitman is yelling at the cat. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he goes, hey, you little motherfucker. Nobody hits me twice. <laughs> to the cat. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it that was, was a so really funny. good reenactment, Angela. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was awesome. It was so funny. Yeah, it was over the top. Oh. But it was it was it had to because it's just so cheesy horror. It was amazing. It was I love so it. good. Okay, and the last story. Oh, that was kind of fun, wasn't it? The lover's vow. The lover's vow. It made me laugh so hard. So, okay. The creature. The creature. So, at first I texted her because, like, they, you meet the creature, which is a gargoyle. You meet the gargoyle, um, but you don't see that it's a gargoyle, in a back alley in a bunch of trash. And I was like, oh, it's Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> she texted yeah. that. So, there's this, like, disgruntled artist who um, is at a bar and the, he's dropped by his his uh, agent. His yeah, his he's agent not drops anything. him because he's not selling anything because his, his vision is is off or not popular at yeah. the moment. And so he's drinking away his sorrows at the bar, and then he leaves the bar with a bartender, and the bartender gets executed by mm. this monster. Oh, terribly too. And the, the monster. You guys watch it for the monster oh, because it's, it's awesome. It's so nice. Good vision of that. Monster. Oh, I love it. So, okay. So then the monster comes and threatens the artist, but then the monster makes the artist make a vow. If you don't, if you never talk about tonight, never I'll let tell you live. anybody. You can't tell anybody and I'll let you live. And so the monster gives him a, a scratch. So he has something to remember the monster by. Right. <laughs> and then. Just a couple minutes later, you see this like beautiful young lady walking come, down, the walking down night the, street. Yeah. Walking down this dangerous street that that the artist was just attacked and he grabs her. Yes. This is this is amazing. It's so good. And it ties back a little bit later in the story, which made it even better. Yes. So he grabs her and I quoted it. And he pulls her into the alley with him, covers her mouth and is like pressing his body up against her. Right. And he's like, what are you doing? It's dangerous out here. It's like. You don't You're know the one. this lady. You're the one that is like threatening <laughs> her right now. Her. And, I was, and so I was like, yeah, no. Duh. No, duh. You just grabbed a strange woman. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, come with me if you want to be safe. I just live around the corner. And he's like, and, and she's like, okay. And she follows him. I'm like, no. And she's like, okay. Yeah, You're just cool. as dumb as him. But, but you know. You know, it gets into it because then they like, they, they make love and yeah, like the yeah. first night. Yeah. And then he pulls her in and I'm like, what? A love scene? Yep. What? And, and he's like, you saved my life or I saved you. I don't know what he said, but within like seconds of him They're making assaulting out. this woman in the alley and pulling her into his apartment. Yep They're having a love scene. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's at that point where it hits me and I'm like, oh. She's definitely the monster. Oh, uh, you got it. I figured it out like yeah. right then. I, was I like, think oh, it was a giveaway. That makes sense. And they have kids. <laughs> they have a family. <laughs> another line that I had to quote. 
because it was hilarious. So she tells him that she's pregnant, that they stay together. Oh, she right. kind of moves in with him and she tells him that she's pregnant. And then his first words to her are, are we going to make this bastard legitimate or what? <laughs> That's how he proposes to her. It's amazing. And she falls for it. She's like, yeah, okay. She's like, yes. Sure. So he's a successful artist. And like, was it 10 years later? They're still living in the same loft. 10 years later, and- they're living. Yeah. So she is friends with this major art dealer and gets his art to her, to that, to that. And so he becomes a famous art dealer. His manager picks him back up and or a famous artist and his manager picks him back up and and they're living a great life they have two kids yep. 10 years later down the road the daughter is talking to the mom the mom is talking to the agent and the mother is is going to tell the story of how she and and their father met and her daughter her daughter who is less than <laughs> ten, right. was probably the 10 year old she's yeah. probably the oldest one she's like oh when you thought he was going to push you up against the wall and rape you <laughs> all nonchalant <laughs> that was insane that's how she tells the story yeah, to her daughter crazy. well when dad when daddy and i met i thought he was gonna rape me no no nope. what <laughs> no apparently they're very open in this family oh, i was laughing so hard was awesome. i was like oh my gosh so yeah spoiler alert he tells her he's like let's move to the country and she's like what do you mean yeah and he shows her this sculpture that he made yeah, of, the gargoyle. of the gargoyle and then he tells her he's like i can't keep this a secret from you anymore because i then, love you so much and you're so important in my and life then she's like you're an idiot and why then, did you tell you break your what is it you broke saying? your vow because yeah. it's you know the vow the vow so he broke his vow she has to transform back into a gargoyle and the kids are also gargoyles the kids. I was so sad. And so they all transform and then she has to kill, kill him. <laughs> the end. The end. That's the story. So it was cool. And all this time, these stories are being told by Matthew Lawrence, yeah, the little Matthew kid. He, he was, you know, kidnapped by the witch who was Debbie, Debbie Harry, Harry. And she's he's trying to delay her from eating him yeah. and cooking him. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. And so at the end, he basically tells his own story. Yes. He's like, I have one more story to tell. And he tells his own story, which he makes it up. and Of escaping, pretty much. Of escaping. And he does. He yep. escapes. And he gets and, out. Yeah. So and no he, eating of children nope, at this point. But his, his end quote is, don't you just love happy endings? Yes, that's how it ends. That's amazing. So, all right. So how good. many stitches do you give this, uh, this Angela? Is like a nine and a half. Oh it's my so gosh, fun. she gave it nine and a half. I just loved it. It was so fun. It was so nostalgic. Nine and a half means you're going to watch it over and over again. You know I, I would so watch this. Really? I can't wait until my kids are a little bit older and, and then show them. I'll show them then. Okay. Because it's, it's just reminds it's so cheesy. me of every... It's so cheesy. And it reminds me of everything... That was scary when I was growing up. Right. It's got this huge nostalgia factor for me. Sure. And it's based off of the show, too. That's what's yes, fun about it. Yes. It's so good. And my husband remembered. He's like, oh, I watched this yes. when I was a kid. Yeah. When he was young. Oh. Like, this was kind of his exorcist, okay. right? Yes. So he used to go to his aunt's house. And they used to do this, like, big... All the cousins would go there for a week and, and hang out at, at his aunt's house. And yeah. they would watch scary movies. And this was one of them. That is so cool. He's like, oh, I definitely watched this Good. when I was little. See? Nostalgia. Yeah. It was so fun. We were laughing so hard. I'm glad you... Okay. Well, I'm glad I, I brought this one up. Yes. Thank you for giving me a fun one after <laughs> torturing me with last week. <laughs> Terrible movies for Angela. Yeah, she gives it nine and a half. Wow. I think I would keep it the way that IMDb, they said 6.2. 6. 6. I'd say six. 
because yeah. I mean, I won't watch it again, but I, I did love it. And in a, in a, like you said, nostalgia factor, yeah. but uh, it's just so dated. <laughs> it's so dated. That's part of the fun I is know, that it's so dated. I know. But I did like enjoy that it was based off of actual stories that were written. Yes, so, these are real yeah. short stories. Yeah. That yeah. Stephen King one, though, that the cat that just made my, my day because I love Stephen King's stories. So whenever they make a little movie about it, it's always so hard to capture in a movie, but yeah. it yeah. was so good. The writing's so much stronger than the it movie. It is, always. Really fun movie. Just a fun, 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 fun romp. Lighthearted. Yeah, <laughs> lighthearted. <laughs> when people are dying. When people <laughs> getting their faces <laughs> ripped off. It's all good. Her brains pulled through noses. <laughs> It's, so it's all fun. concave. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this crazy episode of John List. And yes, thank you. Um, and if you have any true crime stories or paranormal stories or anything that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear from you. So please, please email us at theominousstitch at gmail.com or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch us do the stitches. Yes. And here's some other content that we come up with on the fly when we're recording those videos. It's oh, so, much, so fun. much fun. Also, check us out on all of our social media platforms. That's right. All right. See you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Oh.